Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably aren't following through on your New Year's resolution to cut out listening to very, very mediocre podcasts, but that's okay. Welcome back. We'll take you. We'll take anyone we can get. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Oh, Jack, you hit it right on the head. I mean, we are, let's be honest, we're kind of a mediocre show, but we do we do a good job. We got loyal fans, man. They're tuning in week after week, and I appreciate them for that. We know our role. We, uh, we're we not kidding anyone here. But without um, us, what really is the podcast industry? I mean, the industry blew up a couple of years ago <laughs> during the quarantine, and we kind of joined in as well. I think in 2020 is when Kyle and Daniel really started the regular episodes for Pipe It Up, and uh, here we are. I mean, we got a loyal fan base. We're, 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 uh, we're, we're thankful for them. Not only do we have a loyal fan base, but we got a bunch of um, loyal players within the league that we're commenting on constantly, and we're joined today by uh, none other than Jason Chadwick. So, pleasure to have you on, Jason, as always. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me. Love being here. Been too long, Jason. Been too long. I know. I haven't talked to you guys in forever, man. I haven't talked to you, Jason, since you caught a couple strays in that top 10 plays video. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> how'd that feel watching from the sidelines? I, I still have no idea how Crash plugged me at second base. I have nightmares over that. Dude, it was just one of those years. I, you just couldn't catch a break out there on no, any side of the ball, was, running the bases, pitching, tough. hitting. It was, <laughs> it was just such a tough year, Tom. It you was. Jason, Jason could be could be first in line for comeback player of the year next year. I mean, <laughs> that's not an award you want to win because that means you were awful the year prior. But an award's an award. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. True, I'll take I'll true. take any award I can get. I haven't won an award in years. I go to that award show now. And I'm just a spectator at this point. I, I never am up for anything. It, it's it's kind of sad. <laughs> how how did the uh, how did the production of that go for for you know. Those folks following us on Instagram and stuff probably saw some of the content that we posted, but um, I, I wasn't able to make it this year. I saw Alec was the was the host, Tom. Uh, mm-hmm. He was looking very, very, extremely dapper um, on the Instagram, but yeah, how'd that go, shooting that? It went well. Um, I was a little bit nervous for it. That was actually my first time out in public in like a, since New Year's Day, and that was shot on Saturday, so... It was like a week where I hadn't left my house because I was sick again. I've had bad luck, guys. I got sick after Thanksgiving, and I got sick again after New Year's. It was a crappy start to the New Year, and I was sick. But anyways, I was a little nervous for just getting back into the swing of things, and I didn't want to have a cough attack while Alec was trying to get through his speech. But um, overall, went well. Um, everything went smoothly. It was very stress-free. Um, I'll tell you right now that there you're going to get a good chunk of bloopers, I think, at the end of this award show because poor Alec, man, he struggled with some of these lines in the script. <laughs> it's because Alec is not a baseball guy, you know, as you guys know from a lot of the stuff that he says. So, for example, there's a line, I think, where Alec is describing some of Jordan Robles' numbers when he's reading off a, cu- a couple of the potential MVP candidates. You know, Robles made that tier of MVP candidates. Spoiler alert. Um and the line was like, you know, he had a 393 batting average and whatever, 18 home runs. And Warda kept saying, like, he had a .393 average. And I'm like, don't say the point. Just say 393. <laughs> and he couldn't get that right. That took three or four tries. <laughs> then he was saying home run instead of home runs or homers. It just sounded, like, very robotic. And I was like, dude, just try to get through this. And it was so funny. But 
Um, he got through it, did a great job. He's a very, actually, good speaker. Very, very good speaker. He speaks very slow, very, um, he articulates very well and stuff like that. So he did a great job looking dapper, as you yeah. said, Jack. Uh, one of the benefits of having a couple older sisters like Alec has, he's already been to a couple weddings, so he has some he has some nice suits on deck. That's basically a tux coat that he's got on there, and it's, it's yeah. nice. He looked good, for sure. It did yeah. look really clean. It looked clean. I, uh... We got to have him on maybe once that video comes out to just, um, you know, have Alec on as a guest, but to also debrief that awards video because that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. There, There's something about like, I mean, obviously being a, a podcast co-host, um, I'm used to hearing myself talk, but uh, there's something about like being in front of a camera, even when you're not even really in a nervous, like in a nerve wracking situation. You know, I just remember like when I was... Um, last year when I hosted the award show, like it's just friends. Like it's just guys in the league that we're doing it, you know, with that we're filming it with, but just getting into it is like, there's just something nerve wracking about it. And it's not even like super serious or anything, but just like the idea that, you know, it's going to be on camera and like, everyone's kind of relying on you to like get the take. It's definitely nerve wracking. So, um, I, I, I'd like to get Alex, like, you know, thoughts on on how he did and how it was to to host that yeah i'm sure it's weird because it's also like you know when like you're trying to practice for a school presentation and then like you use one of your friends or your mom or your dad or whoever it is for a job interview whatever it may be um it's like hard to almost take it serious like you never have like you never yeah. do that great of a job mm-hmm. at least i never do until i'm like doing it for real like in front of a boss in yeah. a mirror in front of a professor and I think it's the same thing when it goes to these wiffle ball award shows when Alex doing the script reading because like we're all his buddies, so it's kind of awkward. He's like trying to do this thing really yeah. professionally, and we're all just sitting there watching him. Like, yeah. picture that award show happening, and it's just all of us sitting there and Warda speaking, trying to get through this. And I felt for him, but it was so funny. We had a great time. It was some good laughs, and it, it brought up my spirits because, like I said, I had a crappy week. So glad you. Got, I wish you guys could have been there. Yeah, no, it looked cool. It looked cool for sure. Where was it at? So we actually hosted it at um, in like a hotel conference room, essentially, which when you guys see the video, you'll see the size of the room. And this room was over the phone. I was told it can it can hold 54 people. And I have no idea how you'd hold that many in that room. But anyway, um, yeah, we had some other ideas for venues. I'm not going to say them because there's still potential for next year. But essentially, it was a dead end road where I wanted to have it. So um, like I said, it was I was sick as a dog then. So it was tough to schedule. And on Wednesday, the week or the Wednesday prior, so five or six days before we filmed it, um, you know, I'm calling all these different hotels that are local, asking what conference rooms or, or event rooms that they have and how many they hold, and looking for photos and stuff like that. But I was struggling to get through those phone calls. It was so tough. One person I thought was going to hang up on me because I started to cough, so I muted myself. And they're like, "Hello, hello," and I'm like, "Give me a second. I can't even speak. It was so tough." But anyways, how? How did it compare in size to the to the room that we did it in the bowling alley last year? It probably ended up being pretty similar, Jack. But imagine fifty four really? people in that room. Yeah, exactly. And they exactly. said fifty four people. Yeah, it was like That's the max crazy. capacity. But anyways, yeah, it was it was a nice professional setting, as you saw. We got a little dressed up. Some guys got more dressed up than others. I think Alec did his part as the host, looking the best as he should have. I feel like know? he has to dress up the most. Exactly, as like the, host. the host has to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyways, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good video. I'm excited for you guys to see the results. Um, if you guys want to hear me and Jack's predict predictions for those award winners, we went over that in last podcast. But overall, I think the fans did a good job at voting. 
and uh, the players who received awards, you know, they did find out that day at the awards ceremony, so that was cool and exciting, and um, I was really happy with how it turned out. Kyle's in the process of editing it right now. Um, I spoke with him earlier today, got a few last sound bites, and um, yeah, so the edit's in progress, and it'll be up this Friday. I will say, the bowling, it was a lot different though, Jack, because as you know, the bowling alley mm-hmm. was a lot of fun last year. We went bowling after, that was a good time, we were having some fun, so this was a lot more professional, a lot more... Straight to business, you know what I mean? It was late Saturday evening. We got we took care of that, and then I just went home and went to bed. The group went to Chili's, of course. That's kind of the annual. Uh, Naturally. Kind of the place that we all go to, it seems like, for whatever reason, is the local Chili's, but I, I decided to stay back. Jimmy Norp won't give that up, dude. I always I always talk dude. about Chili's in a negative in a neg- negative fashion just due to the, the service that I've received locally. Oh Nothing against Chili's at the corporate level, but locally I haven't had the best experiences, and Jimmy just won't give it up. He loves that the chicken crispers. The chicken I guess crispers. I I didn't Tom I didn't realize when I uh, when I got you that that late Christmas present that you didn't like chili so much. No, but okay, I don't. It's one of those places, Jack. That no matter <laughs> how I feel about it, I'm gonna be there more often than not. You know what I mean? It's like inevitable at this point. It's where we always yeah. go after wiffle ball for whatever reason, mostly because of really every time. So it's it's a great now. gift. It'll, I'll get plenty of usage out of that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, guys, Jack did. We didn't talk about that, Jack. Jack did come no, through with didn't. a little, a little better late than never Christmas. Gift I was, I was I two. It was that. two years overdue. <laughs> it was two years overdue for those of you who've been around that long. Uh, but yeah, I, I was able to get Tom a Chili's gift card, mm-hmm. and and he'll be able to he'll be able to use that after some some wiffle ball outings when when all the boys flock to Chili's, mm-hmm. the red pepper. And Jack, I think I saw you took advantage of your NFL Pro Shop gift card that I gifted you I did. a few weeks ago. I did, yep. I um yep, Tom gave me a NFL Pro Shop gift card. Shopped around for a, a while. I really gave it a lot of thought it's on that website. Though. It's half the fun is is, is It's uh, half the fun. The it really is. Just knowing in the back of your mind yeah. you're like, yeah, I, got a I do card. have I, I do got a gift <laughs> card here. Um I went with a uh I went with a Matthew Stafford uh jersey t-shirt mm. sh- t-shirt jersey um i already have a lions jersey you guys have seen that before and uh you know those are the jerseys are expensive the jerseys are a little bit more affordable plus i love my boy matt stafford mm-hmm. you know i ha- i have to show him some love and um i thought it might have been good vibes rooting for the r- the rams obviously in this last week if you were if you're a lions fan as we are mm-hmm. we were rooting for the rams unfortunately they couldn't get it done but, um, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier, Tom. So thanks again for the gift, buddy. No problem. No problem. We got to talk about that a little bit. I know Jason's a big NFL guy, so he's perfect for this for this discussion. Yeah. But first of all, with all due respect to Baker Mayfield, and what a shame oh. that our boy Stafford couldn't go out there and play. Because I feel like it was just written in the stars. Like, Stafford goes out there, wins the game for us, and then, like, we beat the Packers. We go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, no. Uh, Baker that, did Baker Mayfield things, and I mean, I'm still game, overall I'm happy, but like that game, like I was watching with like Chris and Jorgie and Curdy. Oh, yeah. What were those guys saying? Like, that like, well, Curdy is like insane, like Alliance <laughs> fan. Like he's like the one. Like his dad works at Ford Field, mm-hmm. so like he's been going to games like his whole life. He's like the screamer of the group. Like when something happens, um, Chris, we call him a fake fan because he relies on his fantasy team more than the Lions. So he doesn't even – like last week, he had Justin Fields in the championship, wanted the Bears to win to oh, Justin Fields. On, that's Chris. a different conversation. Yeah, that's, that's garbage. Chris <laughs> but, is dead to me. 
that game was so painful to watch because the Rams should have won that game like so many times. They could have went down the field. About the, it in hindsight, they could have put the dagger in their heart so many times in that game that they could just never do it. Yeah, that was a bummer. Um, it it did stink. We've never really had that that I can remember. We've never had it in MLW to a point where like a team really needed help. And then had to also execute no. like all within the last slate of games to make the playoffs. Yeah. We've had some head-to-head matchups like they need to win here, but I'm trying to—I th- was trying to think back after yesterday, um, and was thinking about have we ever had a team like that that like needed a, a bunch of things to happen in the last slate of games to make the playoffs? I guess it wasn't really like this year. It wasn't really like that. It was when we got swept by the Cats in the last series. It clinched a spot for the D-backs because we didn't win a game. Mm-hmm. Like if we would have won, yeah, 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 two games, they would have had to win the series That's or whatever true. it was mm-hmm. like that. That's true. So like it kind of, but it was never anything like that. Well, where th- like things had- like that will happen more often now because before we always had it to where teams are playing against the same division as their own in that last slate of games. Whereas mm-hmm. this year we started to do like interleague play in that last slate, and we're gonna do yeah. the same thing moving forward because it does create more scenarios like that where teams yeah. really rely on other matchups and stuff like that. Yeah, but, it used to just be like head to head, like winner of the series yeah, goes to the playoffs, exactly. like which that. is also cool. But it's yeah. such a it, it's such a weird feeling having to like rely on another team yeah. for your fate. It's like the worst, especially when Baker Mayfield's the horrible. quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how horrible it was until I was actually. I think it was like the first time the Lions like needed something like that to happen since I remember, and that was like worse than watching an actual Lions game. It felt yeah. like watching the old Lions play. Like it literally, like like that was more stressful than any other Lions game this whole year, and they weren't even playing in it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's why. That's what was so frustrating to me because it was like. We are just never in those situations where we're even in the no. playoff conversation, and then we like we get all the way there, and we have to rely on on the the Los Angeles Rams, who are just having a abysmal season, well, to to try to bring us to the promised land. It was just like so dejecting to watch that game. I saw a tweet. It was like Baker joined the Rams, won a couple games, hurt the draft pick in the game he had to win. Couldn't he lost to lose at yeah, the playoffs. I know. <laughs> it was it was irritating. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it, this is like like the Lions not making the playoff shows that you know the entirety of the regular season matters. And it reminded me a little bit of the D-backs this season because like the Lions were kind of like the hot team, right? Especially in the NFC, I feel mm-hmm. like we were the hottest team. <clears throat> You know, there's three yeah. or four teams I see in that postseason right now, and I'm pretty confident we're better than them this day and age. But mm-hmm. they, their start was just so slow that it, it wasn't the eight and two run wasn't enough to get them back into it. So, with MLW and six and six out of the eight teams making the playoffs, it does allow those teams that get hot late, like the D-backs did this year, to sneak in and then and then to go on the run to the World Series. But was not the yeah. case for the Lions. Starting one and six was just too big of a hole. And to be honest. I remember talking to Kyle at the All Star break this year, and he's like, "The D backs at two and sevens, like uh, I don't know, it'd be tough for them to make the playoffs, but he got it done." So it's, it's it's a game, sports, dude. Anything can happen. Like who? We'll never really know mm-hmm. what would have happened mm-hmm. if Detroit had snuck in. We'll never know. I mean, they would have played the Niners, who have essentially a third string quarterback starting, who's done well, never played in the playoffs before, but. We'll never know. I mean, our team's healthy right now. We're kind of in a groove. We could lose coaches. We could have injuries over the offseason. 
could lose players, yeah. could gain players. You, you're never going to be in that same moment in time yeah. again. That's why just losing sucks. Like losing this year on the Mallards, and I'm sure you on the playoffs. Like each and every season has a different feel to it, and yeah. you always look back at that one year as certain things that could have happened that didn't happen the way you thought they would, and it does sting for some time. And I think the general, yeah, absolutely, uh, from a local standpoint, like everyone seems pretty happy about like the Lions' outcome yesterday and beating the Packers. But I don't know if nationally people care that much. But I'm sitting here like this kind of sucks. Like I, I wish we were in the playoffs like, right now. Like also, I feel like it's so much different. Like for us as like MLW players, like when we lose, like that's on us. Like we can control our fate. Yeah. Like we're literally watching a TV screen, praying that these grown men can bring us happiness. Where to when you lose, like in the MLW was playoff series, you're just like, all right, like I just wasn't good enough. Yeah, today. that is true. Like, At least it's on you. Yeah, being, like being, a sports fan, being a sports fan is frustrating. I'm sure a lot of you yeah, fans absolutely. watching at home feel the same exact way when you're watching us play yeah. and you can't do anything yeah, about absolutely. it. I can't remember the exact the exact breakdown of what all needed to happen for the playoffs, like the way the playoffs would be organized. But but last year, um, if I'm remembering correctly, the Predators all showed up to our last series against the Cobras because it had implications as to whether or not yep. they were going to make it. And it was, it was, it was just kind of funny. Like, you know, yeah, it was the Predators. <laughs> like they're were, just they sitting were there watching. Yeah. Because I remember the Cobras, they had to win a certain amount. The Cobras had to win enough games yeah. for, that, for themselves to get in. And if they would have won one more, it would have gotten the Cobras into an eliminated yeah, if the magic. The Cobras would have won. To the third game, I think. One, yeah, if they would have won the last, the Cobras. Wait, I think we won Co- that series two one, right? Oh, you did. Okay, so the Cobras had to get two I, out of three. I think. I think, I think if we would have, I think if we would have swept the Cobras, then the Predators would have got in. Yeah, that was. Oh, that was maybe it. that was it. That was it. And then if the Cobras, if the Cobras beat us two to one, I think then the Predators also would have got in. So it was like it was the it was the only outcome where the Predators didn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. And the magic squeaked into the playoffs, yeah. as we have, as other than have. last year. Until but. <laughs> until the train came to a stop. Until last year, we had, there was no squeaking to be done. <laughs> yeah, you guys have any time to... Re- Jason, have you had time to reflect on uh, last year yet too much? I really haven't talked to you since I mean, since it all yeah, happened. I, mean, I said absolutely. we poked some jokes at you at top 10, but you essentially yeah. were eliminated twice with the Magic, <laughs> with the Gators. Um, I mean, what, what was that I think like? I'm the only player to go 0 and 6 against one team in a season. You might be, did because Bonham last year definitely did not. <laughs> probably no. on the first. I, I got I my last six games of the year were two sweeps by the same team. <laughs> that is really tough. I'm not gonna, so how many times? So <laughs> I I like did it in my head. I I'm like one in 12 against the Wildcats in my career. I got your number, man. That's tough. Next Dude, year you like, won't play honestly, him. Honestly, like it's Sailor. I am like, you know, he's only hit like one or two homers off me. Kyle, I like it's, I can't, I just can't pitch to him. It doesn't matter what I throw to him. I just can't pitch to him. Um, but going back to your question, I've definitely had time to reflect. I mean, it's been, we had a real early exit. So that was about (laughs) three months ago. We were pretty much out of it. Um, I just, I I can't really pinpoint to one thing that (laughs) went wrong. It was just like a combination of I sucked at pitching. Trevor sucked at hitting. And as a whole, we couldn't hit. And then like when we would hit, 
I'd allow eight runs. So mm-hmm. like, it, I feel like one, if one piece of the team was there, the other wasn't, and then vice versa. Like Trevor had numerous one nothing games that we lost, where like he could pitch, but we just couldn't hit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, I just don't think it ever came together. Every facet of the game, whether it was defense, offense, base running, pitching, like just nothing came together. Well, what about like what's the vibe now? Like I know you're friends with all the Gators guys. Like you and Cheatham and Jorgensen are pretty close. Mm-hmm. At least you three. I know Zerlag is living here in Brighton, but I know like yeah. as a group, you guys are a closer team now. Um, do you think like your guys' expectations are like let's go win a World Series next year? Is it you just want to compete? I, I really don't know what's being said right now behind the scenes yeah, in the no, Gators I mean, organization. I mean, we definitely want to win a World Series. Um, I don't think Zerlag would have given up two picks to just compete, if I'm being honest with you. I think he – and I mean, I agree with it. They just won one their rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if if me and Jory can get back to even somewhat what we were three years ago, um, I think we definitely have a really good chance because Zerlag has definitely improved over the years. Chris still hits nukes. Um, I think. I think if everything comes together like the way I think it will, I definitely think we can contend for a World Series. I think so. I could see it going a, a, a numerous amount of ways. To be honest, yeah. Oh, me um, too. Me too. Yeah. I think a lot of it depends on your guys' bats. I feel like Chris and Jorgensen yeah. will pitch well enough to keep you guys in games. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. I feel like you're going to have a better year at the plate. Just if I had to guess, just based on yeah. The- no, I mean, I I do too. I think last year I was just pressing. Be honest with you. Yeah, which is never a good spot to, to be. Hero ball. I've been there too. No. It's not healthy. Like when you just hitter. watch your teammates go up there, myself included, just strike out, strike out, strike out. Like I don't know. I just think I was doing a little bit too much. Yeah. Any totally uh, any any off season activities for the Gators uh, yet to prepare for the 2023 season? I know Georgie has because his job like lets him like. Like he's thrown because he works for uh, Detroit Mercy now um, in the athletic department. So he's went in the gym a couple times throwing. Nice. Um, me and Chris have not. Um, we haven't really done much. I honestly just like wanted a mental break from wiffle ball. Like after that year, like it was just a lot. So I kind of just put everything down. Um, but obviously, once it starts to warm up, month or two. Um, then we'll we'll get back to it and get ready for the season. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I don't really think you need to be doing too much right now, to be honest. If you're a pitcher, it makes sense to be working on things potentially yeah. and trying to learn new stuff. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, you're kind of stepping into more a role as simply a hitter, right? Yeah, I mean, I my whole career, pretty much, I've thought I was a better hitter than pitcher. We just never had like two guys above me that could throw. So now that we have two guys on the Gators, I think I kind of just want to focus on what I was doing wrong last year at the plate. Kind of just get back to to my old self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also um, it's it's unique that the Gators now have three guys that have all started very very meaningful you know games and pitch meaningful innings um and and a fair amount of them at that so you know we've seen inconsistencies from um the Gators bullpen over the years probably a little bit more Jorgensen than than Cheatham but 
Um, I think it's pretty unique that, you know, you're going into that team, Jason, as like a, as like the third pitcher on the team, because, you know, I still think really highly of you as a pitcher. I know a lot of people in the league do as well. Um, so I'm excited to see what, you know, you guys bring to the table, uh, how, how Zerlag manages the bullpen. But I, I think it, it's, uh, it'll be good for you to not be the the guy who has all the expectations like on his shoulders you know what I mean I think that'll really uh let you shine at the plate and even on the mound you know if if one of them is struggling and you get in there you know I think you're I think you're going to be a lot more like poised and just calm so uh, I'm excited for you guys and the Gators. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree with all that. It'll be exciting for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason, with you being on the Magic the last couple of years, you also have not, unfortunately, had the chance to play in any of these out-of-state series. Neither has Jack, actually. <laughs> um, so I'm sure that's been kind of a bummer for all you guys, but yeah. it's just kind of the way that it worked out is you guys have been the team that's left off the list. So now that you're on yep. the Gators, um, and we're you know our goal is to have every team at some point this year play mm-hmm. somewhere beyond the Meadows. So, uh, where do you where do you want to play? What do you think you you dream of doing? I don't know. Like, obviously, that's tough. That's really tough because like the the resort like that just looks sick. Like the overall experience. Now I don't know if you guys are going back to Oklahoma or not, but honestly, I think the best environment was actually the Toledo game. Mm-hmm. because like I was there for that one obviously and like that was like sick like there was so many fans there that were like loud during that game mm-hmm. um so like that would be really cool but honestly like it, it wouldn't matter really too much to me like you said I haven't been to any any of them yet so I'm definitely excited if I am able to go um just kind of like the overall experience of it playing in a different venue than the Meadows every series so mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be cool with, with literally anywhere. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're gonna do some pretty cool things this year. So hopefully, Gators end up on the slate somewhere, and I think they will. So stay tuned. Where it's in the works right now. <laughs> Gators magic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But besides that, I feel like we focused a lot about the magic and just the low points. You know, not traveling, not winning, you losing to the Wildcats, however many times it was, but... What was your favorite part about playing on the Magic over the last couple of years? Just like the guys, like when I got drafted, obviously I didn't know like anyone on the Magic. Like Chris and Jorgie like got to play together. Um, but like when it came to the Magic, like Agner, obviously I'd never met before because he wasn't able to go to any of the, the Winter League stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember who was on our team the first series I played, to be honest. Wasn't that like Joey Flynn? Wasn't he on the team? Yeah, it was probably. Uh, it was. It was at well, Colts, basically it was at, nobody. Co- it was at Colts yeah. Field. I do remember that. Yeah. So against, yeah. We played was each it, other. Um, we played each probably other. Probably Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. Mitch, Mitchell Montagno was on it. So, like, honestly, it was kind of just like seeing like the guys like evolve. Like, we picked up Liam, 
picked up Jordan. Um, then we traded for Trevor, like, and then Jack, obviously, like, is is awesome. Um, I think it was just playing with them for the three, two and a half, three years, whatever it was. Um, like, I even if we sucked, I'll <laughs> always say I I had fun. Like that's like we had tons of fun playing wiffle ball together. Um, and we had some some achievements along the way. So that was definitely my favorite part was just playing with you guys. You guys had some exciting runs for sure. 2021 Magic was a, was a fun team to watch late in the year. And we looked good doing it. Oh, we still have, yeah, the Magic still have the best Moxie jersey. I will die on that hill. I think that <laughs> I think that we have the swaggiest jerseys and when when Jason and I would roll up both with the with the 90s cup headband on yeah, matching the jerseys. I mean, that was just like win or lose. It was like, all right. I mean, at least you're doing it in style. Uh, the magic, the magic logo, the color scheme is iconic. I got to give it to you. It's yeah. pretty sweet. We definitely <laughs> were the swaggiest. That's for sure. I think the fans enjoyed watching you. Like I said, I know I did, but I think this next chapter is probably a good one. It's a nice refresher yeah. in your career. I feel like it was just things were getting a little stale over there on the magic. Yeah. And now that gives the that gives room for the magic to um, I mean, look you know, what, make some moves, get some what, new faces. Look what happened to Jared Goff. The guy is a <laughs> the guy's a phenom now. He just moved across the country, so that's good. At least yeah, you're I, wa- I wonder if the Gators have a good O line. <laughs> oh god! Uh. <laughs> uh, but Jason, I, I will say though that now you are. You're no longer a baseball player, right? Your baseball career is officially no, I'm over. Done. You're retired. I'm done. Yep. Uh, welcome to the cur- welcome to the club, man. Grab some couch. <laughs> welcome to the welcome crew. To the club. <laughs> now your body just starts degrading <laughs> fast. Yeah. We uh we actually went. We played like generally in the fall. We'll play football every Sunday. Just like a bunch of us. That's cute. Um, man, no, you can tell. Like my body is. We don't even play tackle. <laughs> And I walked into the house today. <laughs> my mom's like, "What the heck happened to you?" Oh and I was like, gosh. I, "Brutal!" I, I literally could not walk. Taking like, straight from your mom. Is, <laughs> Tom, I'm not getting my body is deteriorating like by the second. So is mine. So that's fine. Not I've been sick twice in the last two months. My chest injury <laughs> just seems like it's never going to heal. I'm going to the doctor, guys, on January 19th. Keep you posted on that. January 19th, I'm going to the doctor. Yeah, I got an appointment. Uh, yeah. Specialist. I'll be walking upstairs every step I take. My ankles crack. It's just, yeah, uh, but oh yeah, that's what makes football so great. Is you don't need to be in the best shape. You don't need to be uh, a five star no. athlete. You just gotta go out there and get it done. No, <laughs> just hit dingers. That's right. If you hit dingers. You don't gotta run. It's very true. That's that's actually true. You don't gotta run fast at all. All right, to wrap up this episode with Jason. Um, Jason, I don't know how familiar you are with this segment we've done on our podcast, but I think listeners who have been around for a while know that some of our favorite moments and favorite memories and favorite stories from the podcast over the last couple of years have been when Jack or me or Kyle Schultz, Daniel Schultz, whomever, uh, share stories from our, our youth sports days. And you're someone who's played, you know, college sports. You played to Adrian for a few years, baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know what you got in that, in that brain of yours. What are your, some of your favorite memories so, and funniest moments from your sports career? <laughs> so, uh, my favorite actually was not me. I was a teammate 
And the person I'm going to be talking about is actually Chris. Oh, Sheena. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, we were on the JV baseball team. So we were probably, what, like 15, 16. Chris was awful. All right, I'll just put that <laughs> out there. Like, Kit, he never played. Like, he was the third string, right? He was a locker room guy. That's uh, what we called him. Poor Chris. So uh, we were <laughs> – we were going into the game. We were facing the worst team in the league, like just downright pitiful, like could barely get the ball over the plate. Like, so like our coach, you know, that's when he, like every other coach would play the kids that, you know, like would never play just to get them in. So he, uh, that's Chris lead off this game. This is first start <laughs> of the year. This is first start of the year. Like the kid has never started a game um, this year. And I'm batting second. So I'm on deck when Chris is up. Mm-hmm. And our coach, like he was a really like hard nosed guy. Like we would have to do like literally like military conditioning stuff for yeah. JV baseball team. Gotta love like, those coaches, he's one of right? Those. He's, he's one of those. So First batter of the game, we're on the road, and he gives Chris the bunt sign. And so, wait, so Chris is leading Chris, off. Is... <laughs> he, gave, gave, he gave him the bunt sign, very first pitch <laughs> of the game. So Chris drops like down in his bunt stance. The pitch comes, and it somehow hits off the bat into his face. <laughs> Chris, Chris just drops like he just drops to the ground. He gets up, and his face is just gushing blood oh, no. everywhere. This is not even funny. He probably hurts so bad. <laughs> he goes back. I was like trying not to like pee myself. I was laughing so hard on the on deck circle, <laughs> and so his dad comes around. And Chris is like, no, it just looks bad. Like blood all over his nose. His, his teeth are bleeding. His oh, mouth is geez. bleeding. <laughs> like, dude, it was bad. So his dad <laughs> comes around and he looks at Chris and Chris just looks at him and smiles. And like the blood is like, it's gross. Yeah. Like it's gross. Like, I don't know how hard the kid was throwing, like probably just like 70 or something. But like, even if you get hit in the face by 70 miles an hour, like it's just damage the teeth. So Chris ended up having to go to the hospital, and he got like a grade two concussion from Jeez. it, with like a fractured ball in his nose. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> All because he got up—he literally bunted the ball off of his face in JV baseball. <laughs> How do you even do that? Like, I'm, I'm assuming Chris know. is not the best bunter. And it's funny because no, no, he. No, <laughs> it's funny because he was literally so happy. Like he he saw the lineup, he was so excited. Oh, he was like, he's like, I'm finally, he's like, I'm finally getting into the game. Like, let's go! Uh-huh. Very first pitch of the game. Like it, it couldn't have been drawn up any better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was great. So that's probably the funniest moment I, I've ever had playing playing a, a sport when I was younger. I could picture you literally laughing on the index circle. Dude, and because Liam, Liam was also uh, on our team. He's with ben, like Chris. Like They never played. Mm-hmm. So Liam is like in the corner, like covering his face. Oh my towel. God. <laughs> Not to laugh. I'm looking at Liam, me and him. Like I'm on the field though, so like, I can't like I, I, I'm trying not to laugh because he was actually like hurting, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like knowing Chris, like, oh yeah, that was that was probably the funniest. Now that he's okay, it's okay to like laugh yeah, about and exactly. joke around about. <laughs> but in the yeah, it's 
Uh, it was it was so funny. Chris, I feel so for funny. you, buddy. I feel for you. It's tough, but I'm assuming uh, your, your your baseball career is over and done with, and that's a memory you can look yeah. back and laugh at now. So it's all good. Yeah. All right. I heard Jack also has a story he wants to share too. Jack has to dust off. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's it's not so much of like a specific story as it is just like an experience in youth sports, but. Um, Tommy, you and I have been, this is what kind of made me think of it. Like you and I have, uh, joked about those Nikki cast videos Mm -hmm. where he's kind of impersonating coaches that are maybe a little bit over the top. Yeah. Um, but like in a funny way. (laughs) And so I was thinking about my time when I was, you know, this was probably like, mm, like I would say third through like sixth grade or fourth through sixth grade or so. And, uh, my, the coach on my football team, like just to, just to give some context, you know, he, he was a quarterback in, in college, like, you know, didn't play for, uh, you know, the university of Michigan or whatever, but he could throw the football and, uh, and very like, you know, serious guy. And to, to like, to give you a, a sense of how hard he could throw the football, um, my dad, who was, who was kind of like involved in the, in the, you know, back office stuff for the youth football league was at a picnic one time, right? Like football picnic. And he, they decide they're going to like play catch for a little bit, like throw the pigskin around. Why not? A couple yeah. dads. Uh, my coach throws the ball to my dad two times. And my dad said he caught the ball twice and he said, I'm done. Cause the guy was throwing it like so Jeez. hard and he wasn't even like trying. So to bring it back around <laughs> why it's funny, like he would, this coach would play, quarterback like scout team quarterback oh, like when hilarious. we're when we're learning like the other team's offense he would play quarterback yeah so he's like picture like fourth graders running like slant routes and him like beaming <laughs> them in the helmet like he's like he's like paint manning like just beaming them right yeah. in the helmet and then like and then like yelling at the kids to like yeah. catch the ball and 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 like the opposite like an example of um I played on, on this football team. I played with Austin Ford. He's he's an MLW player, yep. uh, former player. Y- you know, he played cornerback. So, I mean, they'd run like a go route, and Austin would have like incredible coverage. Yeah. And and this coach would just put it in such a spot where like only the, the kid could catch it, and then like just scream at Austin for like yeah. not having good coverage. But it was just like <laughs> it's just so funny. Like you said, Jason. Like looking back on it. Like in practice, in the moments, like when he's yelling at you, it's like so serious. But then, like looking back and just seeing these kids just like trying for their lives to catch a ball from this guy, and he's just throwing spirals like seventy miles an hour at their face. It's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, coaches do get like really, really intense sometimes, and for the most part, I had very good experiences with my coaches. But definitely a couple times, my high school baseball coach like just tore like tore into me like more than was probably necessary for the most part i was on his good side but i can recall one time um what had even happened we were so basically guys when i made varsity baseball as a junior um like i was still earning my keep you know like i I was a a solid guy but i was nowhere near like a shoe-in to be in the starting lineup right away as a junior or anything like that i really had to earn what i was given so anyways, my coach, our team had a very strict policy about practices that were over spring break. So every year we always had a couple practices that bled into spring break. And if you were a guy who decided that you were going to go on vacation and miss those practices, there was always consequences, right? 
So I was never that guy. I was always a stick to the rules kind of guy. But the, Naturally. the, the third baseman, oh yeah, you know me, Jack. Um, the third baseman that was a senior who, and then I was kind of competing for that spot too, even though I kind of came in as a second baseman, but I wasn't going to get that spot. So I was, you know, trying for third. And he was going to be gone that, or he was going to miss games because he was missing spring break practices. So he's going to miss like one or two games. I can't remember how many. So anyway, it was kind of, kind of inevitable that I was going to be starting on the opening day game because the senior was missing practices. And I remember like making like, it was one of those things where a bunch of people were mess- making mistakes and errors, and then but then you're the guy that like it boils over type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I can remember like playing third you're base. The last and our draw. practices were like super super intense too. So I'm a junior having this super intense practice inside at the Legacy Center where Wiffle and the Mitten is held. For those who have been there, so picture me just like sweating it out as a junior. You know, I'm I'm 16, 15, whatever I am. You know, trying to trying to earn what's mine. And I like made an errant throw from third base, and I just got absolutely torn. He's like, "Who's it gonna be? April sixth, opening day." He's like, "I'll find somebody else if you can't make a throw from third. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> just got absolutely land base, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And like one of those things where I was like really grinding my butt off over there because I was the only one practicing at the time too. So I was grinding, and I remember and the next year something similar happened. So at that point, then as a senior, I was like an established guy. Like I already had my spot um, at third base, pretty much. And, or no, I was at, so sorry, I moved over to second base as a senior. Okay. Or did I move to third? No, I think I was at third. I don't know. I think I was at third base. Okay. And this was after spring break. So we had our couple spring break practices and like, you're expected to like continue to throw over spring break to get your arm into shape, continue to get into shape. And, and, you know, obviously no one really does that much over spring break, but I, I brought my glove and I threw a couple of times, but whatever it was that day, I was, I was not having my best day. And I remember like, um, this was like the only time I got yelled at as a senior. Um, I was at third, and like my very first two throws out of the gate were just like not good. I think I shorted, I shorted one, then airmailed the next one. And he's like, "All right, Tommy, you can go play second. He's like, "I guess you can't play third base anymore. Guess, guess your arm just doesn't have it. Like it's just getting all intense and like over exaggerating." And I'm like, "Okay, come on. It's like I'll go over there and play second for the rest of practice. I guess we're gonna pretend like this is gonna happen, but." Oh, it's just so funny. Uh, I wonder yeah. what coaches think in that moment. Like, do you know, do they know they're being over the top or do they think like that's actually important? Like I'm going to go make this kid play second base now for the rest of a two hour practice because he made two bad throws after a week off. Like, okay. It's just so funny. I'm sure it depends on the coach. The unnecessary, the unnecessary chew outs are always funny to look back on. Like that, that same coach I was talking about, he, he was also infamous for, um, making the play calls like so long like so hard as a to fourth remember grade so kid too. as a fourth grade kid so like we would like we it would be in practice and like our quarterback would like forget the play or like we'd run the play wrong and he'd be like power our right trips left z 22 spider flip yeah. <laughs> reverse cowboy reverse why triple it's not that hard yeah. like get it right and it's like what like what did you just say? We're yeah. we're four years old. We're four, we're in fourth grade here. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm like just big enough to like get out of the car by myself. That's like, dude. I had a coach. This is funny. My favorite coach I ever had. Um, he had very very. This is a baseball specific thing, but very very complicated signs. Like probably too complicated. Right. We were a good travel team. Um, we won a lot of games, a lot of tournaments that summer. I had some good players. We also had some players who were just not the smartest kids, you know? And these kids, like, right off the bat, like, just could not pick this up. 
Yeah. Like, just could not pick it up. Like, there was, like, the indicator would change based on how many touches he would do. And I have to, like, it'd be a whole other podcast to explain these signs. But, you know, I picked it up pretty quick. It wasn't that, wasn't that hard. But for people that were not sharp and just didn't have the mental toughness like me and the grit that I have, right. they couldn't figure it out. So, I, I want to... Jack, do you ever want to coach? You never really Yeah. That, you, you know what... Coaching's really fun. I've coached. Um, I haven't really coached football too much. Um, I've coached my fair share of lacrosse, like on a on a team basis, and also on an individual kind of like lesson. Um, you know, more like, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, like individual clinics and things like that. So I've done both. Um, both are are re- like rewarding in their own in their own way. Um, it's just it it's it's a lot harder than you think, like depending on the age to coach and the sport, you know, I give coaches like of all levels, just so much credit because it really is so hard to orchestrate, you know, that many kids or even like young adults, like in, in, in high school or whatever, or, or teenagers. Um, but it, it is a really rewarding experience. I, I could very much see myself, uh, you know, being involved in coaching probably lacrosse just cause I have like more actual playing experience um mm-hmm. but it, it's yeah it's it's a very it's not necess- it's not a very easy job by any means but it's rewarding it makes it makes sense though because picture you're like you know say you're a 45 year old guy who maybe doesn't love his job and is bored at work like it makes sense when coaches get too invested they're like you know they're making their lineup probably yeah. at their lunch break in their office and going through the stats and stuff like that like it makes sense why these parents like take it so serious because it's fun. You know, it's a fun distraction and you remember being that young and how fun it was for you. So you want the kids to have fun and Oh yeah. I don't know. And it's also like, I mean, what else are you going to go do? Like, like you're going to golf or play like racquetball, you know, yeah. like that's like the only like if you played sports, that's if you played like contact sports or like, you know, even a sport like baseball, I mean, and they have like men's like softball leagues and stuff, but it's not really like you, get together with a bunch of like 45 year old, you know, men and like grab some mitts and you're throwing like mm-hmm. 95 mile an hour fastballs down the middle. It just doesn't happen. So it's like, just wait till I'm you might as well Jack. coach your kids or your kids friends, right. To, to glory, yeah. coach them to greatness. So coach you them to greatness. coach them to greatness. So you feel like you're still a part of something, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, that's good. All right, fellas. Well, you want to wrap this one up? I don't know how we feeling. This has been one of the most, casual like laid back pods i think i uh, we've had in a long time i mean i know i think summer is really the true dog days of the years people say the dog days of summer but we're in the dog days of winter now yeah, we're in the, the off season yeah we're in the deep we're, uh, we're in the deepest deepest hour of the is, night this is when you get to know the boys though this we're gonna have a variety of different guys on each week and um we're gonna chat it up about wiffle ball about life about youth days whatever it may be I just know what you want to hear about, but this is what it's all about. Just getting to know the guys uh, behind the league. So I think this is a lot of fun for us, and I think you guys enjoy it. So for sure, uh, let us know what you want to see on next. But uh, until then, Jordan Curdy's a substitute teacher, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.